Today's show is brought to you by our new sponsor, Cog Network. Cog Network, geared for gain. Cog Network is hedge fund investing evolved. By owning Cog Network tokens, you get exposure to the hedge fund's gains. The hedge fund is comprised of algorithmically traded commodity futures and investment in hard assets related to energy. The first hard asset is partial ownership of a multi-million dollar solar farm that has a crypto mining operation attached. I mean, this is really something that both traditional and crypto investors can come together and participate in. So for traditional investors, they can get exposure to cutting edge blockchain technology in a framework that they're familiar with, a hedge fund, right? And crypto investors can get exposure to an actual security that bears dividends and includes non-crypto assets. So that's super cool. And just for full disclosure, Cog Network is a fully registered and regulated entity qualified by the SEC as a Reg D as well as a Reg S and has a 506C exemption. They've been working with lawmakers since 2017 to get this idea built out in a fully compliant way. Crypt Nation, if you guys are interested in learning more about a tokenized hedge fund, go visit www.cog.network. All right, all you good, wonderful citizens of Crypt Nation, we are back. Uh, I am joined by my notorious compadre, Pizza Mind, uh, for another episode of Crypto 101. Pizza, what's rocking and rolling in your corner? We have so much going on right now. First, I want to thank our sponsors, eToro and Cog Network, for making everything we do here at Crypto 101 possible. And also at Crypto Revolution, if this is your first time uh, getting involved in cryptocurrency, you just got your stimulus check and you're thinking about trying to do something to improve your future, check out CryptoRevolution.com. Bryce and I wrote a book just to try and answer all the basic questions and tell the story of how we got into crypto. Um, it is a very confusing thing. It's very different. It's okay to be hesitant and worry. Don't worry. Everyone went through that. We just want to let you know that you're in the right place. So check it out. We're giving away the book for free right now. Just pay shipping or give us your email address and we'll send you over a digital copy. Um, but there's a lot of really cool things that are going on in the space to try and help people come in in an easier way. So we have... Uh, one of the other people that is like-minded with us in that regard. And we have Corey Klipstein from Swan Bitcoin and GiveBitcoin.io. Corey, welcome to Crypto 101. It's good to see you guys. Good to be here on the pod. Really excited to dive into Swan Bitcoin. Uh, and spoiler alert, uh, it is one of those uh, applications that's very unique. Um, it does something that I've never seen any other application do. Um, but it's a it's an investing style that I rant and rave about here on Crypto 101 all of the time. So anybody who's listening is uh, familiar with the term dollar cost averaging. Uh, so Swan Bitcoin does something very interesting. We'll get we'll get there. Uh, GiveBitcoin.io is another project that you founded, uh, which I used to get my mom into Bitcoin. So thank you. Hey. Um, all right, she's going through That's the awesome. courses and stuff, and that was her her very first Bitcoin. Um, nice. It's still ti- it's still time locked though, so I think she has to wait a few it more is. months. It's a year. Uh, it's a year, it's a year time lock. Yeah, so chapter five is coming out either today or Monday. Uh, so she's got another seven or eight chapters to go if she was one of the first people back in November, <laughs> December. Yeah, mom, uh, I know you're listening. You're an avid listener of Crypto 101. My biggest fan. So this is Corey. He is uh, he's the one that's doing all your educating. Uh, Corey, Hi, tell us, mom. <laughs> Lisa is a saint. Uh, Corey, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your past? Uh, you know, I, I know you're an ex Googler. Uh, so tell us about your time at Google and how you stumbled upon 
this insane world of cryptocurrency. This insanely rational <laughs> world that, that makes more sense than anything ever has in my life. Yeah. Uh, so sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in, uh, you know, Cali and Seattle and found my way back east uh, after undergrad was working in New York for a while. Went to business school in Chicago. Um, I was doing, you know, tech at first with like Microsoft and uh, put in some time in like an interactive marketing department at Morgan Stanley. Went to University of Chicago for uh, my MBA, which was when I was first exposed to, you know, some Austrian economics and kind of like laying the groundwork a little bit there. I also got super obsessed with uh, Nassim Taleb uh, starting in like late 2002 when his first book came out and had like a New Yorker profile by uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. So that was kind of foundational and we'll work that into the the naming of, of the company at this point. Um, and then I think it was probably like late 2009. Uh, uh, you know, basically watching the traditional markets blow up. And I had just spent seven years, well, nine years really in, in business school, McKinsey and Company, which is a big management consulting firm, and then some private equity and more consulting. And we were just seeing kind of, you know, not only was the dot-com bubble of, you know, 99 through 01 sort of built on shaky foundations. Now you're discovering in 07, 08, 09 that the entire economy was built on shaky foundation. And I was just seeking some kind of control. I felt like I'd lived my entire adult life, you know, on quicksand, essentially just watching these companies not actually be real and watching all of, you know, the sort of mainstream right thinking about the economy just to be complete BS. So I was just very much seeking the only way I could think of, you know, getting control was like, okay, well, let me just kind of do my own thing and get somewhere earlier where your own actions uh, affect the outcome a lot more. And that to me just screamed early stage tech. So you know, that, that was where I, that was how I got on my path that eventually resulted in being here was I wanted to get into early stage tech. I knew I couldn't get there from here because I was doing like private equity consulting. And uh, so I went to Google specifically to learn more about the internet and software businesses and use that perch to kind of network with VCs and founders. So in those two years, I started mentoring startups. I started, uh, you know, just networking with VCs. I met something like, you know, a thousand VCs and founders in two years because people will usually respond to a uh, Google.com email. Um, and yeah, by by summer of 13, I felt, you know, well networked enough to leave Google and start working full time in startups. And so for the last seven years, uh, after moving to Los Angeles, I've been working with, um, you know, VCs and founders as uh, advisor, angel investor, and uh, and occasionally operating. So I worked on an ad tech company from 13 to 15, and then uh, started this company uh, last mm -hmm. April. So actually, it was uh, a year ago. It's been a year and a week since I had the uh, initial idea, and we kind of got it rolling for real in May, June last year. Very cool. So tell us about what this is. What is Swan Bitcoin and what inspired you to build this? Yeah, so Swan is intended to be the best way to buy Bitcoin for most people. So, you know, you guys are, more, if you're hosting a podcast in 2020, you're an early adopter. It probably means you've been around for a few years and most of your listeners probably are too probably fairly familiar with, you know, getting on an exchange, probably have, you know, maybe the emotional makeup to hodl a little bit. Um, you know, the Definitely. wherewithal. Yeah, the wherewithal Forged to... in fire and blood. Exactly. So yeah. much so, blood. So you're outliers. 
big time outliers. You're like in the one, you know, I don't know what scale you're on, but you're in the, you know, the, the top 1% of something by virtue of being in this spot as are most of your listeners. Now, 99% of people are not going to, you know, figure out going on Binance and sort through all these coins and settle on like, okay, I definitely want to put most of my funds into Bitcoin. And I want to do that easy with no headache. So we came at this and said, okay, it's going to be important for people to, you know, at least hedge their bets at a minimum versus this, you know, unlimited QE fiat system that we have that's printing money to infinity money printer go brr, you know, so we've got to get people a way to transfer a meaningful percentage of their value into Bitcoin over time. And the only way that traditionally, you know, 99% have been able to accumulate meaningful positions in any asset class is if it's completely automatic. And there's only two categories where that's generally been done. One is retirement because it comes right out of your paycheck. And the other one is mortgage because you have to make the payment or you lose your house. So we wanted to make it as close to those categories as possible and say like, okay, you want to save money for your retirement. You want to pay your mortgage and you want to be socking away some, some value into Bitcoin. So we just make it, uh, we think you have to automate three things to really solve the problem. One is you have to pull from somebody's bank account uh, automatically on a schedule. And then you have to make the Bitcoin purchase automatically. And then you have to, you know, at their option, because a lot of these people, you know, maybe we'll just leave it with a custodian, but we absolutely think that for the people that are ready for self-custody, it should automatically withdraw your Bitcoin to your self-custody solution, your address. Uh, so that's what we built and that's what's live. We launched on March 30th and, um, yeah, we, we have been accomplishing that for hundreds of users. And uh, yesterday, we actually just crossed a uh, million dollars of uh, annualized Bitcoin purchases from our first couple of weeks. Whoa, that is amazing. That's a very, very strong start. And I'm sure that, you know, within a few months, that annualized uh, is going to be much higher. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, you know, I, I was going through your Twitter uh, in our, in our you know, we spoke a few weeks ago and you said, you know, go through my Twitter uh, and see if there's some interesting questions you could pull from that. And I did find a tweet okay. that I really, really liked. Uh, okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to repeat it. Uh, and I'm going to have you expound upon it. So right. uh, this is about, it, it ties in a lot of things here because you're saying just like a mortgage and just like a retirement, there's also another necessity that we should have. And that's Bitcoin. And that's because right now we have a failing reserve currency, perhaps. Um, so I, w- I, I want to say, I want to ask you that the main question is what is a reserve currency? Um, but the, the tweet I want to talk about is how you said uh, reserve currencies through history um, is the Chinese Liang, the, the Greek drachma, the Roman denarii, the Byzantine solidus, the Islamic dinar, the Venetian ducata, the Dutch gilder, the British sterling. Now we're here at the US dollar finally. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then dot, 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 Bitcoin satoshis, right? Uh, and in all bold, it says the end of the reserve currency status is often caused by inflation and you just can't print, print more Bitcoin. What's going on in this tweet? So our history tweets are generally posted by uh, Brady Swenson, also known as Citizen Bitcoin of the Citizen Bitcoin podcast. Uh, so that has all the markings of a Citizen Bitcoin tweet. Um, I believe that was actually from this morning and I retweeted it. 
Um, that said, I'm also a history buff and I love thinking about these things. And, you know, one of the reasons the corporate entity for this company is called Electric Solidus is because that's my favorite gold coin of all time. It's the longest standing one. It's actually the same weight and measurement of the dinar. So the dinar is actually just the, uh, the evolution. It was carrying forward the same weight and measurements of, uh, of the Solidus. So that was by far the longest running and most successful and most widely spread. It's actually still the, I believe it's still the Byzant and it's still used in some countries today, like 1700 years later or whatever. So wow. uh, that's why we like that one. Cause if you're going to improve on a gold coin, that's the one you want to improve on. And that's what Bitcoin is. Very cool. And is it one of those things that like um, you see the U S dollars reserve currency status perhaps being threatened as we continue to inflate the supply? You know, I guess my thought no. is that, you know, no, okay. No, I'm not in that camp that thinks that the dollar is going away. Um, I'm very much in the, uh, like the Nick Batia. I don't know if you've heard of him, um, uh-huh. but he talks about the three pillars of liquidity for like the rest of the century being the dollar, essentially U.S. treasuries really. Um, but U.S. treasuries, this like the system isn't going to go away quickly. In my view, um, there's a chance that it does. And it's a good idea to have some Bitcoin just in case, because that's really the only thing that could potentially uh, take over from the dollar system, the dollar treasury system. Um, but uh, but I, I think they'll patch this thing together and kick the can down the road and, you know, reinflate assets and screw the little guy and take all our savings uh, for the next few decades, at least. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose even though Bitcoin's been around for, you know, 10, 11 years now, uh, to gain the status of world reserve currency, it's got to really prove itself over a longer period of time, perhaps, uh, before it's, I mean, hell, we're at less than 1% world adoption, I suppose we're getting ahead of ourselves. But you're right, if the US dollar does fail, there really is nothing else uh, to fall back to. Now, yeah, I mean the the contenders are basically you know gold and Bitcoin, and gold obviously fails and has historically failed because it's heavy and it's hard to assay the value, and right. so it ends up being centralized and ends up being controlled by the governments, and then they'll just print paper certificates saying that it's backed by gold, like we've been yeah. there. Yeah, well let's let's before. talk about let's talk about Bitcoin today. Um, we are seeing money printing right now, not just the U.S. dollar, but several currencies all over the world. So if everyone's doing it, does that make it okay? I don't know. Um, but does this also inflate the value of Bitcoin? Just as all other you know assets go up in price when you have inflation? I mean, it should over time, yeah. I mean, when I, when I think about price predictions, I always think about it in terms of $20, $20. But then if if the dollar, you know, inflates away and is worth half of what it is today against a basket of assets, you know, in five years or 10 years, then double my forecast. (laughs) And the funny thing is oil, you know, one of the most valued assets on the market is actually going the opposite direction right now. Apparently a barrel of oil is worth less than two Chipotle burritos without guac today. That's another thing I saw when we were looking at Oh, now they're taking the guac off? (laughs) There's now... (laughs) There's now a, a chart comparing Chipotle burritos to oil. I can't uh, believe this year is real. It, it is <laughs> just the wildest time to be alive. Just, you know, yeah. watching something that's been, you know, bubbling toward further insanity for 
more than a hundred years now and watching it unravel in front of our faces. It's, it's an incredible time to be alive. Um, it really is. Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously it's, uh, there's massive disruption, you know, family by family. And I don't think anybody that has a, a friend or family member that isn't affected economically, uh, by all of this. And hopefully, you know, not from a health perspective as well. Um, but, uh, you know, we may be going through some short and medium term pain, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's bright and it's orange. Do you have a friend who's interested in getting into cryptocurrency, but they don't know where to start building their portfolio? Well, we have the answer. It's called Copy Trader by eToro. With Copy Trader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders, just like myself or Bryce or Kevin, at the exact price point and in real time. No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Simply just sign up and copy our trades. Any profits that we make, you do too. Proportional to your investment, of course. With eToro, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees all in one easy-to-use app. Copy the smart money with eToro. Join now at eToro.com slash crypto101. Thank you. So kind of on that... Do you see a future in the entire crypto world of Bitcoin only, or is there room for enterprise blockchain and some altcoin projects? What's your view on that uh, that situation? I mean, when you're talking about the money use case, like something that's actually going to be used for money, um, liquidity begets liquidity, and money trends toward one. There's so I think that game was over, you know, probably six or seven years ago. Um, and Bitcoin is the apex predator of money, not just, you know, cryptocurrencies. It's also the apex predator of all fiat currency and, and you know, gold and, and everything. It's the best source of money that we've ever had or imagined. And because it can be upgraded in its code, it's hard, it's hard to imagine it uh, not winning and dominating and becoming a global store of value that's, you know, market cap 100 trillion plus in the future. Um, everything else in the space, uh, I see as like interesting technology experiments and, you know, point systems that are kind of on a somewhat decentralized ledger or whatever it is. And then remember, like I came into the space from the technology side, I was working in VC, my signal to pay attention came from the VC world and all of, you know, Fred Wilson and the folks from Andreessen and lots of friends getting into the space and joining ICO projects and starting new funds and things like that. So I, I came in through what I would call like the altcoin side door. Um, luckily, a crypto fund manager friend of mine insisted that I start with Bitcoin and you know read Digital Gold and listen to a couple of podcasts and follow Andreas Antonopoulos. So I, I got a decent grounding in Bitcoin, but you know I I can't help. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But follow my training, which is if you find something you find is interesting, then you go explore everything else that's related to it. So I did that too. Yeah. Like a lot of people, it took me about a year. I got through it, you know, spring of 17 through spring of 18. And then by April of 18, I personally, uh, you know, made the judgment that I thought, and this, this isn't a moral judgment. This is literally just an economic judgment. I personally have done the calculation and uh, say that I think the upside for Bitcoin alone is 100 to 1,000 X the upside of everything else combined of the existing cryptocurrency projects. Wow. So for me, I just like, if you're going to start a company or think about like where to spend your career and I'm like, you know, peak earning years, family, kids, like I'm not going to go work on something that I have no idea whether it's going to be around when I have Bitcoin that I'm pretty damn sure like it's not based on faith. It's not based on like random. Like if you look at the facts on the ground, I think this thing is going to the moon and it's a very solid foundation as the smartest people in the world working on it. So I'm all in for Bitcoin, but you know, I don't really, you know, I don't, there's no need to slag on people doing cool things. There's obviously some interesting things going on there. I mean, I was on the phone this morning with, you know, the global head of the whole legal team for Calibra, just kind of checking in on what's going on on the Facebook side. Like I have friends still running crypto funds, you know, my, my investigation of the whole space, you know, I became a Bitcoin maximalist while I was in the seat as president and chief investment officer of one of the biggest crypto funds. I was running Brock Pierce's fund at the time. So I have been through it. I've met all these people. I know all these people globally that are working on these things. Lots of them are super smart. Lots of them yeah. actually do have strong morals. They just have a different view that I don't share. Like, well, not... who Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, well, who better to ask about uh, some of the main pitfalls that some of these altcoins or cryptocurrency projects fall into uh, than somebody who had you know run a fund and you've seen lots of different projects succeed, a lot of different projects maybe fall short of their goals. So, so what are some of the things that really trip up these altcoins? Uh, there's, there's a, there's a very, very short tweet that doesn't even take up half the characters that Jan Pritzker, <laughs> uh, the author of inventing Bitcoin and my co-founder, uh, put out that basically says, you know, basically the path is you, uh, you have an idea that you think can be solved by a cryptocurrency. You create that cryptocurrency and you let it trade on an open market. Oops, now you've created money and you're competing against Bitcoin and then you die. <laughs> like that's, well, yeah. that's the short version is if you've created something that can be traded on an open market, then people are going to, over time, are going, unless they're speculating, over time they're going to choose the better money that's more saleable. And this is just basic classical economics. Like the most saleable good is the one that people want to hold. So 
you know, basically your best bet if you're going to have some kind of like token is just to like get in early before a bunch of people speculate on it and sell high and just use it for trading uh, or keep it in a closed ecosystem. There's absolutely no problem with like super cool points systems. And I think all kinds of like awesome games and, you know, I think the metaverse and, you know, V bucks and all these things are like super cool. And it totally makes sense to have points or tokens or whatever inside a closed ecosystem where they're only spendable there. I mean, casino chips are worth something because you can go and like spend them back at the casino and you can even kind of like exchange them outside the casino as long as that person can get back to the casino and cash them in. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not as saleable as, as Bitcoin. Makes a lot of sense. So where do you think we are in the current state of crypto? I mean, is there ever going to be anything that, um, you know, is like a viable altcoin, like the, you know, that can stand toe to toe with Bitcoin in the future, do you think, or is this really just the greatest achievement in human history that's ever going to be tokenized? Um, I mean, I'm, I think pretty clearly in the latter camp, I think it's, I, like I said, I think it, I think that was, uh, settled six or seven years ago, but not widely understood and is becoming more widely understood the longer we go. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts surrounding the Bitcoin having, uh, it's in about 24 days. Um, and what do you think will happen? I mean, it's typically been fairly anticlimactic. Like there's usually been like a bit of a pump, you know, right before and maybe a little bit after. And then, you know, the last couple of cycles, there's been a fairly big drop later in that same year, like 40, 50% even. Um, but what has been consistent, we have two whole data points here. So, you know, for sure, definitely going to happen on the third one. Lock it in. But no, I mean, I, I think... Like, it's really hard for me to think that 18 months post having, you know, call it Q4 of 2021, that we won't be a lot higher than where we are now. Like, I personally believe that. And I am, you know, basically, uh, I factor that in with a pretty high degree of certainty in planning for my business and planning for my family's financial plans and all these sorts of things. Like, I do, I do believe that we'll see a solid price rise and, you know, in the 18 months post having. You know, you and I, I suspect that'll happen one more cycle too. Like, I don't know when it breaks down and there's like a Bitcoin super cycle and people just front run the halvings for four years and it just kind of like, you know, stops being sort of tied to that and is more of a demand story than a supply story. But it does feel like that supply having meme carries through this cycle and maybe one more at least. Yeah, I think I would agree with that too. Um, so you're starting up this new fund, right? It's called Bitcoin or VC. Uh, can you tell us a little more about it and what your strategy is? Yeah, sure. So uh, y'all can check out BitcoinerVentures.com or BitcoinerVC on Twitter. And um, basically this came out of, uh, I actually tried to start this when I was still at DNA, wanted to call it the Bitcoin Ecosystem Fund because I was super into Bitcoin and I was jealous of all these uh, tokens having, you know, like the Block One EOS Fund had like $300 million for Galaxy to deploy and you know, there was all these crypto funds and it's like, why does Bitcoin not really have any funding for Bitcoin startups? Like why should amazing companies like, you know, like uh, lightning labs or fold or whatever, like why should they have to raise money for a seed round for like eight months or 10 months or whatever? And the problem is basically at the, if you think of, you know, two circles and you think of like the Venn diagram, the intersection of people who understand Bitcoin well enough that they would potentially invest in a Bitcoin company and people who 
from that would like choose to invest in startup equity instead of just owning Bitcoin is like almost nobody in there that would want to do it. Almost everybody who's super into Bitcoin would prefer to own Bitcoin than invest in a, in a Bitcoin startup. But there are people that see promise in particularly good Bitcoin startups or have a mandate to invest in startup equity only, let's say, because they are a venture fund or whatever, um, or they just want to support the Bitcoin ecosystem because they're an OG and they're sitting on, you know, the type of coin pile that none of us will ever see. Um, so, you know, what I saw with, uh, with Swan is, you know, we, we started raising money back in Q3 of last year and we've done three just tranches on safes, which is kind of like a, you know, just a simple convertible note type of document. And, um, what we found is about probably like a third of the money that we've raised historically has just come from people, uh, hitting us up in DMS on Twitter and saying like, Hey, are you taking money? <laughs> you know that's, all, and, that's a great quality problem to have just people saying hey you don't need to pitch me i see what you're doing right i know who's involved take can i own some exactly so so what i was thinking is you know bitcoin or ventures uh would be a great way to provide a focal point where you could find all of those hand raisers um because while it may seem like there shouldn't be a high percentage of people that would want to invest in startup equity instead of Bitcoin, what I do suspect is that the denominator, the, the pool that you're drawing from is global and is absolutely massive. Like there should be way more people that would at least consider investing in a Bitcoin startup than in like a SaaS startup or a, you know, a digital health startup or whatever it is. So I think that we should be able to find over time, you know, thousands of people to be in the, in the investor network for Bitcoin ventures. And they won't all have to participate in every investment. We'll just need some of them to participate. And we should be able to be a sizable check for each company that we choose to invest in. So that's, that's kind of the thesis, you know, just kind of quick details. So it's me, Stefan Lavera, who hosts the Stefan Lavera podcast and has an educational Bitcoin company in Australia. Jan Pritzker, my co-founder, who's also a longtime angel investor. And he's been the tech engineering lead on seven startups, including three exits. Um, and then Lewis Liu, who was uh, previously a, a associate or a principal at Block Tower and has become a maximalist and only wants to work on Bitcoin now. So it's kind of the four of us looking at deals. We don't take any fees and we don't take any carry. So we're actually just doing this um, for no money. Um, and we also each individually invest in the deals on the exact same terms as the other investors that come in. It's uh, We're starting out as an angelist syndicate. So basically you just sign up for the Angelist Syndicate and you can find it on Angelist at Bitcoin Adventures. Um, or you can just go on bitcoinerventures.com and you'll see the link there. Or you can send us an email at hello at bitcoinerventures.com and we'll send you all the details. We uh, signed up for our first deal uh, a few weeks ago and uh, we have till April 30th to, uh, to fill that up. This was from a standing start, right? No LPs. The whole point is like, we should be able to put a deal live um, and then have, you know, a thousand people to, to chip in. Uh, proud to say that we have uh, already gotten enough committed that the company will take our check and uh, wow. we're ov over halfway toward reaching our goal. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So we're, we're putting a hundred grand into this very well-known Bitcoin startup that's known and loved in the space. Um, but we can't advertise it because that's against SEC rules. So you have to go and, uh, and sign up on AngelList and then you can get access to it.
Awesome. Well, maybe we, uh, when that goes live and we have all the information, maybe we bring you back on to talk about uh, how that is unfolding. Yeah, yeah. We can absolutely talk about it and brag about it after the fact, once we've cut the check. So yeah, anytime after April 30th, we can, we can be open and talk about the, our first deal. Solid. Um, we're actively evaluating other startups and uh, kind of have a good view on the next two or three. We want to do like four to six a year. So kind of like every two to three months, we'll have a new deal. Amazing. All right. Well, in closing, we have a few questions that we like to ask every guest that comes on the podcast. Um, the, the first one that I like to ask is of all the companies that are in the crypto space, um, what's one that you really admire? Um, something that you have no involvement with and um, no invested interest in? Uh, well, that list is thankfully growing smaller. I'm trying to get my hooks in all of them. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I'm friends with, uh, with Will, Will Reeves and Fold, uh, but I have no financial interest or upside in that we inter- company. We interviewed him uh, literally right before yesterday, right before you. No so. way. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, all the good reasons and your listeners will know exactly why I'm mentioning them, but I just think they're making really, really smart moves. They're literally doing like the best that they can within the current regulatory framework to make it as Bitcoin as possible and keep it as decentralized and as not KYC as possible, but and also they're a small just, like, team. They're a small team. They're so scrappy much. as hell and they, they get, they get, s done and uh yeah i've i've been wanting a uh, a sats back credit card forever so will bro like come on dude bump bump me up the list i want to be <laughs> like one of the first batch of cards i need my i need my fold credit card um so no i'm a, I'm a huge fan of them and then i think there's you know there's a couple that kind of like fly under the radar just because they're not u.s based and so we maybe just don't hear about them as much and also they're just like you know, neither of them took like a bunch of, you know, big name VC money. They just make money. Um, and I just kind of study them from afar. Um, but Paxful and BitRefill, I think, are both really impressive companies with impressive CEOs. And they're like, you know, multi-domiciled, especially Paxful and, and like figuring out ways to actually get Bitcoin used by people around the world. Um, so I, I'm, I'm fascinated by both of those companies and trying to get to know them. And then, uh, I guess the third area that I'm kind of interested in, you know, so I I like on ramps, like what I'm working on, we just talked about three that are kind of like, you know, payments or transfers related, which is like full bit refill rewards, things like that. And then the last one is I'm just like spending more and more time on understanding mining and, you know, on the advisory board of a NASDAQ listed public company called uh, riot blockchain, which does only Bitcoin mining, even though it's called blockchain. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm psyched to see what Marty Bent and that team is doing with Great American Mining. I'm a big fan of Stephen Barbour already with Upstream Data. Um, there's a small company that's growing uh, called Satoshi Energy, which is uh, software for big and, in, in, you know, industrial scale miners, Andrew Myers down in New Orleans. Um, so just kind of psyched to see what develops out of that space, especially bringing more and more hash power uh, back over to North America uh, and getting it uh, away from China. Yeah, and that's a really great thing you mentioned. There are a lot of uh, really great companies now that are trying to bring that mining power back to the U.S. and creating a lot more tech jobs over here too. So kudos to all those guys. And lastly, Corey, uh, if this was the first podcast someone getting into this space heard, what would you want them to know? Like, What's the one important takeaway that people need to know well, let, let, let's quote uh, Mr. Fire Emoji himself. 
pomp. This is not just about uh, institutions getting off zero. Like the absolute best way to start caring, and once you care, you start learning. Is uh, you know what? Just buy some. Start watching the price. Start getting hooked. That'll make you start search- searching and googling and finding good podcasts and start learning about it. Um, you know. But obviously, if I was going to recommend one, I mean, the reason that I hunted Yan down so uh, viciously to get him involved with this is because I just thought inventing Bitcoin was such a great introduction to Bitcoin. It's like less than two hours to read it. It's really simple. I can't believe an engineer wrote that. Um, you know, wow. I thought I was a writer, but Jan's a better writer than me and he can code. So, like, <laughs> you know, I, I really do like that book and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be working on Swan with Jan. I think he's a, a talented communicator. That's amazing. No, those the, I, I've never read Inventing Bitcoin, but we will link to that in the show notes uh, because that's something I want to read. And the fact that it's only two hours, not yeah. bad. It's like 100 pages, double spaced, basically. Like It's really solid and it's a good listen too. I think the Audible is about to hit in the next couple of weeks, uh, obviously read by Guy Swan, as they all are. And one of the things <laughs> that uh, I talked about with Will Reeves is I think a lot of people that haven't gotten into Bitcoin yet are afraid to turn out to be a fool. They don't want to put their money somewhere and lose it and then look stupid. But if yeah. you have something like the Fold app, you don't have to put any money in. You get to get off zero simply by doing what you already do. Go to Starbucks, go to Taco Bell, go to Chipotle and earn yourself some sats back. It costs you literally no money to get off zero. So there's no more excuses. Yeah, I agree. And I'll have to shell Swan here as well, because that was one of the things we really wanted to do is to make it super accessible without gouging people. So small buys on Coinbase, if you set up a recurring purchase, are like 9.9% fee, which is just crazy. Um, you know, we're always at least 50% lower than them at every tier. And most tiers were 75% lower than Coinbase on fees. So if you're doing a recurring buy with us and you do, let's say like 50 bucks a week, you're in our lowest price tier. It's uh, it's 0.99%. Oh, wow. That is amazing. Yeah. So, that, you know, that's a huge game changer. Yeah. We have like far and away the lowest pricing for recurring purchase. I mean, there's only a couple places you can do it anyway. It's just Coinbase, Gemini, River, and us, I think, in the US that have recurring purchase. Hopefully, Square adds it soon. But, you know, Square's pricing is, you know, more than double ours. And I don't know. We'll see what they do with the dollar cost average product. Maybe it'll be lower. I hope so. And, and la- lastly, real quick for my own understanding, is there also the ability to not do a recurring purchase via Swan or is it only recurring? We only do recurring purchase. Um, what we are adding is uh, one-time buys, but you have to be a customer first. Okay. Um, so we really want to encourage and basically just strong arm people into stacking over time because we just, I mean, it's kind of a moral crusade for me. Like mm-hmm. I want people to actually own some Bitcoin. I think it's important for their financial future. Yeah, no, it's honestly like a subscription service. Uh, instead of like doing 15 bucks a month to HBO, which you watch once or twice, yeah. why don't you guys do a $15 uh, subscription service to your financial future, Bitcoin? Exactly, yeah, and we, <laughs> we, do, we do as little as $5 a month. And we also have people doing as much as like five grand a week, so. Wow, holy crap, I wish I was that guy. Uh, but Corey Clipstein, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Crypto 101 podcast. It was very enlightening and we hope to join, uh, have you join us again after your April 30th big announcement. And good luck with all that. Thanks so much. It's really uh, enjoyable being with you guys.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.